I know, I know. I said that episode 11 was the last in this season. But this episode is going to be different. It's also going to be uh, pretty short. And, and the reason I'm, I'm recording this, I, I was going to record uh, really just a short message reminding you that uh, there is no 12th episode, but as it turns out, there is. Uh, but then uh, I read, uh, somebody posted, a friend of mine posted on, on Facebook, he asked, uh, what do you do for your end of year planning? How do you plan for the following year? And uh, it kind of made me think, and, and I replied, and I thought that I'll, I'll share that reply. I, I'll even elaborate on this reply uh, with you. Why do we do uh, end-of-year planning? Well, we do it, first of all, because it is kind of downtime. Sometime between mid-December, which is just about now, and the end of the year, New Year's, there not a lot of people uh, do business. There are a lot of companies where you have to take your days off because you use it or you lose it. Uh, and so people who accumulated uh, days off, vacation days, uh, well, this is pretty much the only time to take them before the end of the year. Uh, others just take it because, you know, because others take it, because we know that it's a slow time. And because it's a slow time, uh, if you have your own business uh, and, and others as well, this is when you decide, you know, I'm going to do my end of year planning now. I'm going to think strategically and I'm going to plan next year. Uh, the other reason is really symbolic. It, it's like, well, two, 2023 is over. 2024 is about to start. And we think in terms of a year. So this is the 2024 plan. And, and, and you know how it is. This is the 2024 strategy. So right before the beginning of next year is when we have to strategize for next year. Now, one of the risks in doing that is the shiny object syndrome. So all of a sudden, you're coming up with a list of activities that are very, very important. But the reason they're very, very important is because we just heard of them. We just heard of a new tool. We we heard of a new initiative. We heard about something from somebody else. Maybe it was somewhere buried on, on a list on a whiteboard in our head. And it's like, well, this is the time to implement it. And I have to ask if, if this was important enough when you heard about it, why didn't you implement it then? Why now? Why does it have to be part of next year's plan? And by the way, one of the other things that we do is we make unrealistic plans, plans that, that are so packed with activities that maybe it's going to be two months into the year when we're going to start dropping them. Maybe one month, maybe one week into the year, we're going to drop these activities because obviously we packed them too heavily. There is another problem, and that is strategic planning, thinking strategically takes more than two weeks. So, the fact that we have two slow weeks at the end of the year doesn't mean that you're going to be able to really think think, uh, think things through uh, enough to come up with a plan for next year. And, and with all of that combined, I have to challenge why do you do end-of-year planning? What, why is it that the last two weeks of the year are dedicated, should be dedicated to planning next year? What, why that sim symbolism of, of the end of the year. So I'll tell you what my reply was. And, and the question was, what do you do? How do you plan for next year uh, in, in the last two weeks of the year? And my answer is, I don't. I do it all the time. 
I change strategies or, or add activities or remove activities whenever something significant happens. So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, about five months ago, I think, uh, several things happened at the same time. The first thing that happened was that uh, I had just uh, delivered, actually, that was earlier in the year, I had just delivered a two-day training session for uh, one of the top uh, SHRM, uh, Society for Human Resource Management, uh, an HR organization, association. I delivered a two-day training for HR people on how to build trust in their organization. So now, not how to be trusted, but how to build trust. And, you know, the demand was less than both me and the uh, chapter uh, expected. The next thing that happened was that I reached out to another SHRM chapter to, to schedule uh, or put together a similar training uh, workshop. And uh, they got back to me and said that there was no interest uh, by the board. And so I asked them why. And, and again, this is a training workshop on building trust in the organization, how human resource professionals can build trust in their organization, not just build trust in themselves. And uh, the answer I got was, you have to understand our board is made of vice presidents of HR and CHROs or chief HR officers. And I thought, well, those are exactly the people that need to think more strategically on how HR can play a role in building trust in the organization. And the executive director of that chapter said, well, not exactly. They, they said that building trust is not their top priority. That was interesting. And I asked, so what is the, the right priority, uh, their top priority? And uh, she said, it's uh, compliance. Compliance was the top priority for the top VP, the top HR professional in the organization. So that, that was kind of a wake-up call for me, and, and it obviously changed a few things in how I think about who my target clients are for trust. And I'm still, don't get me wrong, I'm still working with HR organizations. I'm giving keynotes and workshops and, and even the two-day training. Uh, I have them spread through next year, uh, quite a few of them, but, but it was a wake-up call for me. Another couple of things that happened that same week, one of them was Thinker360, which is, I'm, I'm not a member there, but they, they follow me, and um, they ranked me in the top 10 uh, uh, thought leaders on culture and human resources, but that week, they all of a sudden put me in the top 20 thought, uh, uh, thought leaders on sales, which I thought was interesting. That same week... I received a request for one of my other keynotes that was um, the, the keynote on uh, what I called at the time is sell on trust and not on price. And I had lunch with a friend of mine who's Mark Hunter, I should mention the name, and he's a great speaker, keynote speaker workshops um, on sales. And we had lunch, and at some point, he, he asked me, how come nobody has researched what um, premium there is when a salesperson is more trusted 
compared to a salesperson you don't know. All those things happened in the same week. Now, they could have happened in the last two weeks of the year, but they didn't. So that was a significant event for me. And I had to think about it. And it was obviously going to change some things that I was doing. But I didn't wait until the last two weeks of the year because that's when you do planning for next year. So I keep evaluating and analyzing my business all the time. Now, I don't do that every day. I mean, there's so much that, that you can spend on, on analyzing and evaluating your business and making significant uh, changes. I don't do that every day, but I don't wait until the last day or the last two weeks of the year. And, and also, I needed to think about this more. And, and it took me a month or two of thinking about this until I decided to, to launch a major research project um, and, and do a lot of things um, that, that would really change my strategic direction or, or add, I should say, a venue for my business. But it wasn't the last week uh, or the last two weeks of the year. It was when it happened. I would add one more thing, and that's making decisions what to do are actually easy. Here, I'll, I'll take one more initiative. The problem is deciding what not to do. Because sometimes one of the things that, that you do is decide to stop something. And the question has to be, was it too soon? Was it too early? Did I wait enough time for whatever initiative I was on to really reach its potential? You know, you, you have to ask yourself, is it still strategically compatible with different activities that I take? So, you know, one example is that uh, I was going to write a book. One, one of the thoughts I had in my head was actually to even work on this book, make a significant dent in writing this book uh, in the last two weeks of the year. So spend that time and, and write a lot when I decided that, you know what, this specific book is not strategically compatible with the work, the main work that I'm doing right now, uh, specifically the new part of um, uh, the, um, the, the trust premium work. And I just decided not to do the book, not to write the book. But but as far as the activities that I'm doing right now, so take, for example, the podcast, this podcast itself, it, it took time. It took time for the podcast to reach the prominence that it has. Uh, it takes time for the blog to reach the prominence that it has, uh, the, my LinkedIn profile, my LinkedIn followers that, that keep growing all the time. But that means that I need to continue and invest in those things, spend time, spend money, um, energy, put energy into this and continue to do things until I really have strong evidence that I tried enough and it's not successful. So the one thing that I would also urge you to not do is stop things, major things, too prematurely because you didn't get the immediate response that you thought you're going to get. And maybe that, that somebody convinced you that, that you're going to get.
So the way I look at the last two weeks of the year is that it is downtime. Most people will not engage, cannot engage. And, um, and there is an opportunity here. There is some time for me to do things that I never got to. And so I'm using it for two things. One is, yes, there are a few activities I never got time to. Uh, there are a few videos that I want to record, and this would be perfect time to do it. But the other thing that I want to do, I have to do, is to actually take some time off. Spend time with the family. Charge my batteries. That's really important to launch for a new year when, when you know, the first a few months of the year, for me, they're already starting to get pretty packed with events that, uh, that I'm committed to and, and other activities. And I, I need that downtime for myself. And, and I'm going to guess that you need that downtime for yourself. So yes, there are a few initiatives, a few things that I'm going to do in these last two weeks, but they're not going to take a lot of time. So maybe it's going to take an hour or two a day. Uh, maybe it's going to take one full day and then I'm going to have uh, more free time. But I really want to spend some of the time as time off, spend it with the family, charge my own batteries, get ready for 2024, but not necessarily to do the planning. Because once there is no magical number in, in this date, there is no magic in this day, the end of the year, I, I do this throughout the year when something significant happens it will take more than two weeks it typically takes more than two weeks to think about a new initiative and so i'm not going to force it now but i really do need the time off and and some time to do some of the activities that i never get to throughout the year anyway i i know i said this uh, the, there was not going to be a 12th episode so i'm i'm not really considering this the episode 12 even though I, i'm I'm not even sure I'm going to list this as episode 12. Um, this is it for today. Have a great end of the year. Happy holidays. The first episode of season 12 will air on January 2nd. May trust be with you. This was The Trust Show. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.